Hello and welcome back to the Arctic Together podcast, a show centering Indigenous community voices where we're getting to the root of research and what it means to be Arctic together through sharing story. I'm your host Carly and I'm joined by my co-host James Tempty. In this episode, we're recapping the 2022 Navigating the New Arctic annual community meeting. We provide a bit of an overview of the meeting, review some session highlights, and include some awesome quotes and clips from guest speakers. Stick around to hear from the Alaska Teen Climate Communicators who conducted many interviews with the NNA community and filmmakers during the New Talk film screening at the Anchorage Museum. Let's get into it. Yali Athlanda, Shishid Aaron Leggett, Gash Danak, Shi Chu Chara Danainak, Shi Nolchinathlan Chu Idla Rat Shkarti, Shtukta Rick Leggett, Shunkta Diane Bowles. Hello, everybody, again. My name is uh, Aaron Leggett. I'm the president of the Native Village of Aklutna. The Native Village of Aklutna is the only federally, and now, as of about six months ago, state recognized uh, tribe here in the municipality of Anchorage. Um, my ancestors have lived here for well over a thousand years, and it's my honor to welcome you to Denina Elfnena, or the Denina Homeland. Um, I hope that you guys have a wonderful conference here for the navigating the new Arctic. Um, obviously, uh, there's a lot of attention being paid to the Arctic, and uh, I think it's important to have indigenous voices uh, at the table uh, to be able to uh, come together to figure out these challenging situations. So with that, I just want to say, Chinan Guninu, thank you. You came here today. Hi, um, I just wanted to open with a, with a blessing today. And if you are so inclined, could you stand? This is a seal oil lamp that my father gave to me. And it uh, has sage in it from... Uh, James Tempty gave me this sage. We can't light it, but uh, I'll just say a prayer for for our work. Koyana <clears throat> Agayun, thank you for touching us today with your power. We know that we live our lives because of our ancestors, and we ask you to bless this meeting bless this conference and all that we're trying to accomplish to work together and to heal the land and each other through prayer, through communication, and through uh, love, caring for each other, all my relations. Thank you. The 2022 NNA annual community meeting occurred from November 15th to 17th on Denina homelands, otherwise known as Anchorage, Alaska. The hybrid meeting brought together over 175 participants, collaborators, project members, and partners to discuss themes of strengthening collaboration, coordination, and inclusivity within the National Science Foundation's NNA initiative. The overarching meeting goals included sharing NNA science and research, strengthening equity in research, and identifying opportunities or areas for collaboration. In fact, the 2022 meeting was the first time that many project teams, 
including the annual meeting hosts, otherwise known as the NNA Community Office team, had met for the first time in person after years of being separated by the pandemic. It was a surreal moment to see your team members, who you have been seeing on Zoom for so long, right in front of you in the flesh. It was an awesome moment to connect over sharing a meal, over a discussion, or simply laughing together. The first day ended with a poster session and reception that highlighted NNA science and included many student project posters. For a full overview of the agenda, including some recorded sessions, you can check out the annual meeting website for more content. You can also still check out the virtual poster gallery that's linked in the show notes. The gallery actually contained about 25 posters. It includes some links and some resources and even recorded flash talks by poster authors who explain their work. Hi, I am Jessica Lewis-Nikrai. I'll be filling in for James. Day two began with Alaska Native elders, Joseph and Martha Senungatuk, who provided an opening blessing and welcome. Joe shared Treasures of the Heart, which included his family's story and his life as an Inupak artist who has witnessed many changes in the Arctic over the years, largely due to climate change. These changes, coupled with the politics and rhetoric around land development, sustainability, and Alaska Native subsistence, has greatly shaped and influenced his artwork. Check out the show notes for a link to his new documentary titled Joe Senungatuk, Art and Life, to hear more of his story. Speaking of art, the NNA community was invited to participate in creating a mural throughout the meeting. Want to see how this mural turned out? Check out the show notes page and meeting website to view the SEAL logo with your designs. The mural outline was of the NNA Co. SEAL logo and each day attendees were asked to complete various phases of the artwork. The thought behind this was, you know, the first step was to think of your project as a shape. And so everybody was drawing shapes. Some were small, some were large. And then the next step, we started coloring in shapes with the colors of our projects. And so it just starts to create this mosaic of when we all work together, we can create something beautiful that is unified. And the final step, which we didn't get to, but I'm going to have some of my students help with, is um, patterns. And so thinking about our data and how our data can expand beyond certain projects, but it can be integrated into and used by other projects for other purposes. And so I really appreciate you guys um, being open to painting and to uh, joining in the process. And so, yeah, thanks a lot. It's, it's really exciting. So t- we've had uh, film, we just had song, we've had dance, have visual arts. And so I'm gonna leave you with a poem. Uh, we gotta include poetry. And so this is uh, uh, Blue Cabin by uh, Carrie Agaiduk Ojen. Um, Carrie is a Nupiat writer from Igavak Island, King Island, um, and grew up in Nome. The driftwood rack hangs barren. The fish do not hang in long, low rows. Impossible to walk beneath without brushing the orange flesh, translucent as cut glass and dripping amber oil. The blue cabin is quiet. The swan wing broom and the sand still on the linoleum floor. 
inside, flies bounce off the windows with no one to let them out. Outdoors, the flies do not buzz close to the fish rack, their maggot hatchery. Though there is no wind to keep them away from fish, there are no fish this year. I should be home watching you cut fish, ulu in hand, and cutting table, stained with black blood and slippery. I should be trying to cut fish heads off, the ulu unmanageable in my unexperienced hand would slide back and forth as I tried to find the place between the gills and the body to bear down upon the spine. It's hard to crack it. And the bloodline bisected would gush over me as it did one day we stood there, my mother, her sister, you and I. You laughed, we all laughed as the black blood slid down my pink windbreaker. With the ulu, I traced the backbone, horizontally jagged cuts yanked meat from bone, ragged and mashed fillets, laughter and stories from my mother of mangled fillets, while you laughed without stories as you found the place between the gills and the body. As you broke the spine, the blood did not flow over you. As you unzipped from the white bones, the orange flesh, it landed heavily in your hand. Aka, I write the same thing over and over. That is a story of a girl who is with her family and her grandma. And there, I, I, it represents so many things to me. And the part that there are no fish this year, it represents our changing environment, some of the challenges that we find. And I think in our projects, we, we will come across challenges, uncertainties, where we try to find answers. Um, the ulu unmanageable in my inexperienced hand. For some of us, this is new terrain. We have unexperienced hands in the work that we're doing. Unexperienced challenges in our projects. Um, my mother, her sister, you and I, you laughed, I laughed, we all laughed. Be gentle on yourself. Learn to share your inexperience with others and laugh. And then finally, as you broke the spine, the blood did not flow over you. As you unzipped from white bones the orange flesh, it landed heavily in your hand. It represents our elders to me and the wisdom that they hold and, though they have ex and those who have extensive knowledge and experience and how we can look to them for guidance. So thank you and I'll just leave you with that. The U.S. Arctic Research Commission is an independent federal agency that advises the President and Congress on domestic and international Arctic research. In addition to delivering a biannual report to the President and Congress, outlining recommended scientific research goals and objectives for the Arctic, the Commission develops and recommends an integrated national Arctic research policy and builds cooperative links in Arctic research within the federal government, with the state of Alaska, and with international partners. We had two U.S. Arctic Research Commissioners, Nikush Carlo and Elizabeth kulak Corvalio, who provided an opening keynote for day two. Let's listen in.
So my name is Nikush Carlo. I am a Koyukon Athabascan from the interior region of Alaska. I am the CEO of CNC North Consulting. I'm a US Arctic Research um, Commissioner. I'm also a uh, team member of the NNA Community Office. Um, and uh, I was born and raised in the city of Fairbanks. I have roots to the village of Tanana, which is at the confluence of the Tanana and the Yukon Rivers. My parents are Gail and Wally um, Carlo from North Dakota and Tanana, and my grandparents were Paul Dean and Bill Carlo from Nulato and Rampart. The Arctic is important to me not just because I have deep roots here, but also because of the people who live and work across the Arctic. I see that people really care and really want to work together. And I believe that we can do great things by working together. And this is essential for us to live in balance with the environment far into the future. So how might we get there? I'm gonna share with you a framing that I call Arctic 180. At the core of this, it's talking about taking a 180-degree flip in point of view and action. So think about where can you take an Arctic 180 to flip the script, to drive a change that dramatically alters an outcome? What if, instead of tribes responding to dozens of different funding opportunities, tribes shared their strategic plans and priorities with the federal government and agencies identified funding mechanisms to address those priorities. What if, instead of federal agencies holding all of the research funds, tribes or indigenous organizations held abundant research funds so they could issue their own requests for proposals, that these requests could highlight Arctic community priorities, and researchers would submit proposals that aligned with those priorities. And I encourage all of us during our time together and well beyond when you go back uh, to your own project teams uh, and your own spheres of influence to consider where you might be able to flip the script. Where can you take an Arctic 180? Where can you change the power dynamic and structure things from the opposite point of view? Nikush goes on to say that indigenous values and worldviews are critical for taking care of our world. When we come together, we can solve vexing and complex research questions. Liz, or Guluk, is a Nupiak from Kotzebue and serves as Nana Regional Corporation's Vice President of Lands. She provides a call to action, a shift to Arctic 180 for the NNA community. This community is poised to address the far-reaching societal challenges within and connected to a changing Arctic. The vision for the future is indigenous knowledge and scientific knowledge coming together to solve the many challenges that we all face together. If these knowledges are joining, then by necessity, people are coming together around the table, seeing things from a different perspective and with greater understanding and flipping the script on Arctic research. Check out the commission's report released in January, 2023 on goals and objectives for Arctic research 2023-2024 year for the U.S. Arctic Research Program Plan, including policy drivers and research priorities. This document is linked in our show notes. We heard from the NNA community that you wanted more time to share and connect with other projects. 
This year featured cohorts that were organized around a range of themes, such as fostering Indigenous-led research, infrastructure futures, or Arctic observing systems, themes that cut across many NNA projects and research priorities. NNA researchers were able to provide short presentations on their project, and this set the stage for facilitated discussions. Cohorts will provide opportunities for sharing, discussion, and networking, a space to identify collaborative opportunities. Similarly, the meeting featured both in-person, virtual, and even hybrid sharing circles. Sharing circles are a space for a safe, open dialogue, a pathway for trust and community building. In fact, sharing or talking circles are a foundational approach to Indigenous pedagogy and action, since they provide a model for an activity that encourages dialogue, respect, and co-learning. Circle members were asked to share their views or experiences around a theme, to provide reflection, or to sit silently with a shared purpose of listening. Relational accountability or being accountable to your relations involves mutual respect and a common understanding. Whether you're just starting your studies or you're seeking to form new collaborations and partnerships, or whether you're a researcher with over 20 years of experience working across Arctic spaces, we all engage in the flow of knowledge, research, and collaboration within or beyond the NNA community. So it was our hope that the sharing circles were able to create an environment to form synergies, connections, and ideas, or ignite and nurture the NNA community building. Today, our people have a good opportunity to determine what kind of society and what kind of government we want. We have the opportunity to realize both how our ancestors viewed life and to see how Western civilization works. We have the opportunity to take the very best from each culture and use what works for us. The pursuit of knowledge cannot be done in isolation. The pursuit of knowledge in, what, in whatever way, shape, or form. Concerning indigenous peoples, it cannot be done in isolation. As researchers, as academics, as scientists, and, and otherwise, the pursuit of knowledge, the production of knowledge, doesn't cushion you from the realities of our lives and the realities of our way of life and these important international human rights standards. And it's my hope that this information is seen as an invitation to engage so that you're not moving forward in the pursuit of knowledge in isolation but in collaboration and in cooperation with indigenous peoples. As Marianne Mills said earlier, humanity, all of us, we all have something at stake. We know that, we know the urgency of it. Building on last year's annual meeting, we aim to discuss and share approaches and progress towards strengthening equity in research and fostering space for Indigenous leadership in research. As we shape the agenda in sessions, we aim to highlight ongoing work by Indigenous organizations such as the Urban Indian Health Institute's Indigenous Evaluation Training 
and first Alaskans Institute's decolonizing research training that shared an overview of Alaska Native tribal sovereignty and history that shaped land relations, stewardship and policy, or management. First Alaskans Institute mentions one thing researchers can do is acknowledge tribes as distinct governments and political entities. With that in mind, they call us to reflect on these two key questions. How does that shift your approach towards research permissions, and what responsibilities does that bring? If you missed a session or want to revisit some themes, there are several recordings archived on the annual meeting website. During one evening, meeting participants went to the Anchorage Museum to watch a film screening sponsored by Patagonia of the documentary New Talk that was released in 2022. The documentary features the Alaska Native village of New Talk that is built on a delta at the edge of the Bering Sea. The tiny Yupik village has been dealing with melting permafrost, river erosion, and decaying infrastructure for decades. To keep their culture and community intact, the 360 Yupik residents, Nuhtarmut, are in the process of relocating their entire village from ancestral lands to stable ground upriver while facing little external support to take appropriate action to combat climate change. In moving their village, they will become some of America's first climate change refugees. This is a film of a village seeking justice in the face of a climate disaster. The evening also featured a panel discussion facilitated by Anchorage Museum teen climate communicators. The panel consisted of filmmakers Andrew Burton, Newtak community members Della Carl and her father, George Carl, and producer Marie Mead, who is a Yupik culture bearer and University of Alaska Anchorage professor of Yupik language. The teen climate communicators are Anchorage area 9th to 12th grade students interested in learning and communicating about climate change. Over the course of a four-month session, teens work with museum staff to develop a teen-driven project that raises climate change awareness. Activities may include writing an article, hosting a gallery talk, developing a digital resource, or creating artwork. Let's tune in to some panel highlights and discussion around messages and inspiration behind the film. My name is Andrew Burton. I'm uh, one of the co-directors. Uh, our, my other co-director couldn't be here today. Um, to your question, we started, uh, we wanted to make a film about climate change affecting U.S. citizens in real time. Uh, and we started doing research in about 2013, so about 10 years ago now. Uh, and we first went up to New Talk in 2015. Um, Michael and I, our backgrounds are as, as journalists and photographers and filmmakers. And the research just showed that what their community was going through was was the front lines of climate change in America, uh, especially almost 10 years ago now. Now that, that front line has greatly expanded and many, many more people are being impacted. But um, yeah, it, it started out from us wanting to tell a story about uh, showing that climate change was already at our doorstep. It wasn't some something that was coming to us in the future, but it was already here. Um, my next question is geared more toward Andrew and Marie. Um, what was the most impactful part of filming for you guys? For me, I, I believe it's um, telling the story, you know, what is going on, what is happening. Um, 
during this time, and it, uh, it's a reality. Uh, it's happening all over the planet. So that, you know, it's our hope that it, the message will um, not just be just this one village, uh, this wonderful story, and I really commend um, Stella, uh, George, their natural, natural um, way of being and telling the story. Uh, they were natural, and uh, I remember going, showing it in Bethel, and one of my nephews, uh, young man, said, this is the first Alaska Native film where there's like real uh, Alaska Native actors that are so good. <laughs> he was so proud and just with a big smile. You know, that's, and in, in that the film in, made an impact on, you know, on every level, I, I, I think. Um, so mainly, to um, get the message out, you know, we're in trouble. We're all in trouble, you know. Let's do something. What is one thing that you would like those in the lower 48 to know about the Arctic and how climate change is impacting the Arctic? I would love for the US to know that our move is not complete. Half of us, or half of the other village, they're still waiting on funding to be moved. And we would like for the help to be more available. You can watch the new talk film for free at the Patagonia.com website, and it's linked in our show notes. In fall 2022, Typhoon Murbach devastated many Alaska Native communities on the coast of the Bering Sea. It was the strongest recorded storm in over 70 years, which caused unprecedented flooding, coastal erosion, loss of infrastructure, communication services, and loss of subsistence fish camps, all of which take substantial resources to restore. You could read more about the storm and the support efforts and make a donation to the Western Alaska Disaster Recovery Fund. The Alaska Community Foundation is working with affected communities to plan and to support ongoing efforts to rebuild and restore. The teen climate communicators also conducted many interviews with attendees. They asked them about their NNA projects, their respective communities, and their views on the new Tuck film. We essentially handed them the voice recorder and they were off. Let's listen in. Hello, my name is Beckler Whitaker. I'm 17 and a part and a junior at the Service High School. Um, I'm ecstatic to be part of the Teen Climate Communicators, and this has been a really great experience. I hope you enjoy. This is Nefarious Brooke the Crook on the mic. Hey, Fiona. Hi, this is. <laughs> I don't want to say my last name. You say Brooke the Crook. Hi, this is Brooklyn. Um, I'm part of TCC, and I'm a junior at Eagle River High School with Fiona. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, what is your name and your affiliation with the NNA project? Uh, my name's Andy Barrett. 
Uh, I'm actually a member of the uh, community office, the Navigating the New Arctic community office, but I'm also involved in, in a NNA project um, on looking at rain on snow throughout the Arctic. That's really cool. Well, uh, can you tell us about that project? Yeah, sure. So um, the kind of driver for it was uh, several reports um, in the media and also um, in the academic literature looking at um, die-offs of caribou and musk oxen um, as a result of uh, rain falling on cold snow during the winter and that causes icing or ice layers to form within the snowpack and those uh, large ungulates, the caribou and the musk oxen, um, to get their food would normally just break through the snow to get to the lichens and everything underneath the snowpack. But when the icing forms, they can't get there. They can't break through that ice. And so um, there have been some significant die-offs um, in, in some of the northern Arctic islands. It also affects domestic reindeer herding uh, in Alaska and, and in, in Siberia and, and in Scandinavia. So we're trying to understand how frequent this is, how it's changing, and also develop some tools to predict when, when these might happen. Awesome. Um, and in regards to uh, the film, what did you think of the film? Loved it. I loved it. It was very moving, um, heartbreaking. Also, a little kind of made me a little angry that, yeah. that not enough is, is being done to help help these people, um, especially when it's us down at these lower latitudes causing the problem to a large extent. Yeah, and. Um, in regards to the lower 48, what do you think they should know about um, the situation you talk in in Alaska with climate change? Um, I think they should know that it's it's real. It's it's happening right now. Um, you know, and it's as they said in the film and and in the Q and A afterwards, it's it's happening all around the Alaskan coast, all, all throughout the Arctic, and and also, I mean, it's. The lower 48 is not immune to it. There are, there are communities who are also um, having to move because of sea level rise. And, and it's not just sea level rise, but, but they are being affected. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Hi, Bam. Um, <laughs> um, what's your name and are you affiliated with any NNA projects currently? My name is Nak Robertson, and I'm an educator at the Anchorage Museum. Awesome. Uh, what did you think about the film? I thought it was great to see real stories being shared on that big of a platform, especially our small rural communities in Alaska, getting the kind of recognition uh, that is needed right now because we know climate change is a global phenomenon, but seeing individual families' lives being impacted on a very real face level is huge. Awesome. Um, did you have a favorite scene from the film? My favorite scenes were when the mother, Della, was um, inclipping or um, baby-talking her children and the way that uh, their identity, the Yupik identity, you know, it's, it's 
it's something that is can transcend time and place. You know, if a community is moving, of course, these questions come up about you know identity and language and connection to the land. But yeah, I thought those are my favorite parts, like baby talking and that family connection. Awesome, ma'am. Thank you very much. Thank you. Keep up the great work. <laughs> Hello. Hi. What is your affiliation with the NNA conference? Um, I am a postdoc on one of the NNA projects, the NNA Lobster Network, um, which is a collaboration looking at Arctic change impacts in the Gulf of Maine and the Gulf of St. Lawrence. Interesting. Um, what was really meaningful to you in the film about New Talk? Um, I think that first place accounts of... Uh, yeah, sort of life-changing events are always extremely powerful, and this was no different. Um, I also, this is my first time in Alaska. I don't know a lot about this state. I don't know a lot about the indigenous uh, people or culture here, so um, that was super impactful to learn so much new information in 90 minutes. Um, and also to be able to participate in calls of action um, was a really great ending. Um, what are your thoughts and perspectives on what is most important in Arctic research? Um, I think that probably it's most important to keep humans and ecosystems safe and healthy. Um, so any research we can do that contributes to that, uh, I think is a positive impact. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Fiona Jury. I'm part of the Team Climate Communicators. Um, I'm doing this out of order, aren't I? But like, you're supposed to go name, age, school, teen. But yeah, I'm 16 and I go to Eagle River High School um, where I run the Dungeons and Dragons Club. And uh, yeah, I'm really proud of our community and this great opportunity to learn more about the climate around me. Hey, recording 16, which will be the next recording, is actually a ringtone for you if you'd like it um, as a gift for giving us this opportunity. This is a teen climate communicator, so give us a call back. Leave that tone. I have a couple of um, closing remarks to kind of leave everybody with. And I really just want to pause and reflect on the value of community. And being a part of community really brings a sense of uh, something greater than ourselves. And I think that was very present, um, both in person and virtually, I hope. Uh, and a community is all about being connected and being responsible for collective goals. And we're bonded by similar values. Um, and we're also really essential um, to each other by you know, feeling supported um, across all spaces, uh, places, and among people. And we asked ourselves a lot of really big questions this week, um, such as how can we work together to ensure that the whole of the NNA initiative is uh, greater than the sum of, you know, the indiv individual projects um, and individual work that we're all, you know, working on. And I really hope that our time together has illuminated some of uh, the pathways in doing so. And one of my traditional teachings, I mentioned this this morning, um, it's the seven grandfather um, teachings, but also the seven uh, generations principle that states that, you know, um, how we live today 
and how we base our decisions, um, that's going to impact the future, the next seven generations to come. And I firmly believe that all of us have a role in this and in a community and responsibility or relational accountability uh, to reflect on how these collective ideas, all these ideas that we've talked about together, how that will impact the next seven generations to come, the legacy that Andre had mentioned. And as you reflect on the last three days together, I really invite you to continue to think about what it means to be Arctic together, uh, the reason why we chose Arctic together, uh, and perhaps we're all pieces to a puzzle. Uh, perhaps we are embers or sparks from the same fire. And you know, we're a community that comes together to shape a legacy of change, both in small ways and large ways. And I want you to take a moment right now to take a look at your neighbors. Say hi and give them a wave. You know, they are your community and it's, it's a group of people, you know, who uh, I've heard the word fellowship mentioned, uh, fellowship with others, you know, a result of sharing um, throughout the whole couple of days together. And so sometimes we ask ourselves, are we doing enough? And I think even if you're asking that question, um, that just shows that you have a, a big heart. Uh, like Joe and Martha say, your heart is alive. And I ask that we're not only reflective, but responsive. That we not, are not only hopeful, but driven by commitment to sustained action that we look inward, but look outward as well at the same time. And to not only communicate effectively, but also consider how you may be a part of Arctic 180, for example. You know, tangible, actionable, responsive across various geographies, languages, ways of knowing, across scales and time. And finally, thinking about the NNA legacy and how this could be maybe re-envisioned, reshaped, renamed. Um, because words are powerful, and words are meaningful, and they're remembered because they invoked a certain emotional or intellectual or physical or spiritual response. And words can make a difference, whether it's subtly um, uh, or extremely impactfully. And we learn and share by shaping words into stories that draw us to an understanding or our perspective, and I ask that you not only share your story, but hear stories and be a part of a, a virtuous community story, the NNA community story, that is dedicated toward a better Arctic, a legacy that we can all influence and, and nurture. And so I just, again, I wanna say miigwech, chi miigwech for being in community with me today, with all of us the last few days, and I'm just really privileged and honored to be your, your MC. Uh, and share space with you all. So that wraps up the 2022 NNA Annual Community Meeting. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> safe travels. Be safe. Be well. As we look forward to the 2023 NNA Annual Community Meeting, the NNA Community Office will be hosting a series of fall convenings instead of a larger overall meeting. The 2024 annual meeting will occur in Washington, D.C. from March 5th to the 7th. This meeting will provide an opportunity for NNA researchers, NNA project partners, Arctic Indigenous community members, Indigenous organizations, policymakers, and federal agency partners to come together 
to consider the state of research and research relations within and beyond the NNA initiative. Stay tuned for more information. If you aren't already, follow us on Twitter at Arctic Together and join us on the Arctic Together Facebook group to keep updated on news, events, and opportunities. Thank you for tuning in to the Arctic Together podcast. Take care. The NNA Community Office is supported through a cooperative agreement with the U.S. National Science Foundation. You can learn more about the office and our work at nna-co.org.